Hello and welcome to the Entertaining Abstracts podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I started this podcast to allow myself an outlet for all the cool, paranormal, supernatural, and just plain mysterious stories that I don't get to talk about on my sister podcast, Bizarre and Fascinating Details. You see, originally I started the podcast, Bizarre and Fascinating Details, with hopes of telling these kinds of stories along with true crime. But as you can tell, true crime is a very popular genre and it kind of took over that particular podcast. So with that being said, I created this secondary podcast to talk about more of the crazy and mind-blowing stories that I don't get to talk about on the True Kind podcast. I am going to kick things off for the day by talking about a couple of really interesting topics. I'm going to start out with an article called Why Do Some Men Have Red Beard But Not Red Hair? And this article actually came out on the Live Science website. And it was written by Benjamin Plackett. Why are their beards reddish when their hair is not? It's relatively rare to see a redhead. Just 1-2% to of all humans are natural gingers. So you might do a double take if you see a man sporting a reddish or even full-blown red beard, even though he is clearly not a carrot top. What's the science behind these curious beards, especially among men with dark, blonde, or even graying mops? The follicle fluke hasn't escaped the notice of researchers like Nina Jablonski, professor of anthropology at Penn State University, whose research has focused on the biology of hair hues. I have observed many, especially younger men, with red beards and red hair, and some with reddish beards and light brown, blonde, or blonde red hair, she told Life Science. Most redheads live in Celtic countries like Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, followed by England and the Nordic nations, according to The Telegraph. Perhaps, predictably, these red trusses exist because of a genetic mutation, specifically a mutation in a gene known as MC1R, which controls pigment production of hair cells, among other things like fair skin, poor tanning ability, and pain perception, which may explain why a local anesthetic is less effective for redheads. Hair color is determined by the ratio of two different pigments. One pigment is responsible for black tones and another one causes red ones. People with black or brown hair will probably have only one of these pigments, or at least it will be the dominant pigment. Blondes, meanwhile, have less of both types of the pigment than other dark-haired and red-headed friends. And redheads, of course, have mostly the lighter. One role of the MC1R gene is to code for a protein called melacortin, whose job is to convert the red pigment into the black one. But if a person has a double mutation in this gene, its resulting proteins aren't as effective, which can lead to red locks. So what happens when a person has a red beard paired with a brown head of hair? The answer has some curious genetics at play, according to Jablonski. This will most certainly be due to the differential expression of MCR1 in the follicles of beard hair versus scalp hair, resulting in the production of a different mixture of dark brown and yellow-red genes, Jablonski said. In other words, the same gene is behaving differently in different parts of the body, and that's probably because there is just a single mutation of this gene rather than a double mutation, meaning that the person is effectively a carrier of the redhead gene. 
The phenomena also occurs in some men as they age and usually as they pass their 40th birthday, which is probably because the pigment producing cells in scalp hair and beard hair age at different rates. So you don't have to be young and a ginger to have a red beard, but it certainly helps. Interesting stuff. The next article that I want to talk about I thought was super cute, and this was also another article that I found on LiveScience.com, and it's called Elephants in China Got Drunk and Passed Out in a Garden. And I'm going to post some pictures of this one because it is so cute. But Mindy Weinsberg brought this article out a few weeks ago, and it's essentially a herd dug up and drained vats of corn wine in a village in China. So while everyone else was quarantined, a few elephants in China decided to use alcohol in China. They were raiding crops and somehow found wine. And the lo- <laughs> what they look like after drinking that wine is so cute. As a matter of fact, elephants are actually very fond of alcohol and they're good at finding that particular beverage, according to experts. Large public gatherings are currently prohibited in most places to prevent the spread of coronavirus, but this did not stop this particular group of Asian elephants from partying in a field in China where they found and drained vats of corn wine. Two elephants drank so much wine that they passed out in a tea garden. A photo of the inebriated elephants lying curled up back to back on a dirt bed amid the greenery went viral after it was shared on Twitter on March 18th by a particular conservationist and an Indian Forest Service officer. This particular officer mentioned in the tweet that the wild elephants have a taste for booze, quipping that these particular pachyderms had turned to alcohol to sanitize their trunks and were sleeping off the aftermath. So adorable, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people have seen this, but Asian elephants inhabit grasslands and forest habitats across countries in Southern Asia, and there are estimated to be fewer than 50,000 of them in the wild, according to the World Wildlife Fund. But in China, there are about 250 of these left, and they face the looming threat of local extinction. In another tweet, Forest experts posted a photo of the elephant herd where they were all sober, clustered together amid rows of crops. In forest regions where the elephants live, locals are aware of the animal's interest in human-made alcohol. But even when people bury their liquor, somehow elephants find it, according to these guys who found the two elephants in China. Elephants will even mark locations where they have previously found alcohol and come back later to see if there is more. That is so cute. Okay, in tribal belts, people hide country-made alcohol, but somehow elephants always find it. They also mark houses where they found it last time. If they see drunk people, they get irritated also since it was not shared with them. Persistent rumors and antidotes have long suggested that African elephants regularly become drunk on fermented fruit. Scientists determined more than a decade ago that this was likely a myth. An animal the size of an elephant weighing more than 6,000 pounds would have to consume 400 times the amount of fruit in its normal diet and not drink any water for the alcohol to make it intoxicated, researchers reported in 2006. However, elephants that come across catches liquor or wine might guzzle the beverage for its sweet taste, which could lead to drunkenness. Other types of wild creatures that have demonstrated the effects of consuming too much alcohol. Very, very interesting. In 2011, a moose in Sweden got drunk after eating fermented apples and wound up entangled in a tree. According to the Smithsonian, white-tailed deer often browse on 
fermented apples in orchards, making them stumbly and sleepy, according to the Smithsonian National Zoo in Washington, D.C. And chimpanzees, our closest living primate relatives, appear to enjoy the taste of alcohol, soaking up fermented palm sap with leaves and then squeezing the booze into their mouths. But there's one animal that imbibes more than any other, the Malaysian pentailed shrew. The shrew's diet consists entirely of fermented nectar that is about 3.8% alcohol, suggesting that the shrews would be perpetually drunk. However, despite the nectar's high alcohol content, the shrews have evolved to metabolize it so efficiently that they don't become inebriated. So cute. I don't know if you guys have seen this picture. If you haven't, go Google it, and it's so adorable. The last article that I wanna talk about today is 10 Strangest Medical Cases of 2018. And this is always something that I'm interested in. I've talked about on numerous other occasions on other podcasts, but this article came out by Rachel Retner. And this came out a few years ago, but this is an odd medicine article um, from a man who coughed up a lung-shaped blood clot to a woman with parasites in her spine. A number of intriguing medical cases made headlines in 2018. So-called case reports which describe the conditions of, indi of individual patients don't carry the same authoritative weight as rigorous scientific studies with hundreds of thousands of people participating, but such reports can sometimes help doctors better understand rare diseases or spot unusual signs of common conditions. The first one on this list was a man that coughed up a giant lung-shaped blood clot. A man in California didn't literally cough up his lung, but he came pretty close. A 36-year-old patient shocked his doctors when he coughed up a giant blood clot in the shape of a lung. How could this happen? The man was being treated for a serious heart condition that required him to take a blood-thinning medication. But this medication also increased the risk of bleeding. During the extreme bout of coughing that the patient had, he expelled an intact cast of the right bronchial tree. In other words, it was a mold cast made of clotted blood in the shape of the lungs branched airway passages known as the bronchi. It is very rare to see this type of cast made of blood, doctors say, and the man's condition was so severe, he died a week later due to complications. But his doctors decided to publish the image to show the beautiful anatomy of the human body. Next case in here is a woman's brain-eating amoeba infection was tied to her neti pot. And I don't know if you guys heard this story, but a woman in Seattle developed a rare and fatal brain-eating amoeba infection, which may have been due to improper use of a neti pot. The 69-year-old woman had been using a neti pot to rinse her sinuses, but filled it up with non-sterile tap water instead of the recommended sterile water or saline solution. Soon, she developed a small rash on her nose that wouldn't go away. Then a year later, she had a seizure. At first, doctors thought she had a brain tumor, but tests showed that she... She was infected with an amoeba. These infections are very, very rare, said doctors, with about 70 cases reported in the U.S. since 1993. Doctors suspect that the woman got the infection from the unsterilized tap water, which is why it's important for people out there using the neti pot to always use sterile water or saline. Do not use tap water for those suckers. In any case, the next case on this list is a man who had a spoon stuck in his esophagus for a year. 
A spoonful of sugar may help the medicine go down, but nothing helps the spoon go down. A man in China found this out the hard way when he swallowed a spoon on a dare. The utensil got stuck in his esophagus, but surprisingly, it didn't cause him much discomfort. It wasn't until about a year later when after being punched in the chest, he began experiencing chest pains and having difficulty breathing, which prompted him to seek medical care. Doctors performed a two-hour procedure to remove the spoon, according to a statement from his hospital, where he was treated in October of 2018. And doctors expected this man to make a very quick recovery, and he did, thankfully. Eating squirrel brains is tied to a rare brain infection is the title of the next portion of this. And a man in New York developed an extremely rare and fatal brain disorder after he ate squirrel brains. The 61-year-old man was taken to a hospital after experiencing a decline in his thinking abilities and losing touch with reality. His family said he liked to hunt and it was reported he had eaten squirrel brains. This strange dietary habit may have put him at risk for a variant of a particular type of disease, which is a fatal brain condition caused by infectious proteins called prions. Indeed, an MRI scan showed the man's head appeared similar to scans of people with this particular disease. Doctors said the man likely had this condition, although the diagnosis has not been officially confirmed with an autopsy. Only a few hundred cases of these particular brain disease have been reported, and most are tied to consumption of contaminated beef in the UK in the 80s and 90s. The man's case occurred in 2015, but was reported for the first time in October 2018 at a scientific meeting on infectious diseases. Sounds a little bit like mad cow disease, if you ask me, but I'm not a doctor, so... Um, The next portion of this is a lost contact lens shows up 28 years later. When a woman in the United Kingdom lost her contact lens while playing badminton, she didn't think much of it. But nearly three decades later, the doctors found the contact lens embedded in her eyelid. The 42-year-old woman went to the eye doctor after her left eyelid became swollen and started to droop. Tests revealed that she had a cyst in her eyelid, which was surgically removed, but inside the cyst was the missing contact lens. The woman had lost the lens when she was 14 years old after she was hit in the eye with a shuttlecock during a badminton game. It appeared the trauma caused the lens to migrate into her left eyelid, doctors said. A report of the woman's case was published August 10th and then in the particular journal BJ, BMJ Case Reports. Yikes. Be careful with those contact lenses, evidently. So the next portion of this is garlic doesn't treat foot fungus, but it does cause burns. When a woman in England developed a fungal infection on her toenail and big toe, she decided to try a home remedy, garlic. But the garlic treatment not only didn't work, but it caused severe burns on her skin. The woman had applied slices of raw garlic to her toe for up to four hours a day for a month, according to reports of the case. Garlic contains a sulfur compound, which can irritate skin and cause burns or lead to allergic reaction. The woman's doctors advised her to use standard treatments for fungal foot infections, which include antifungal creams and prescription drugs. Do not try those old home remedies. Sometimes they can be very dangerous or cause injury. The next portion of this is called parasites in a woman's spine. A woman in France 
who reported odd symptoms, including the feeling of electric shocks running down her legs, turned out to have a very rare infection. She had tapeworm larvae lurking in her spine. An MRI of the woman's back revealed a lesion on her spine, which needed to be surgically removed. Further tests revealed that the lesion was caused by an infection a small tapeworm that's found in dogs and some farm animals, including sheep, cattle, goats, and pigs, was actually found in her body. This tapeworm can cause disease in which the larvae form cysts that grow slowly in a person's body. The disease is rare in France, and it's unclear how the woman became infected. She did not report contact with dogs, but she did have contact with farm animals, including horses and cattle. It's also possible she may have eaten vegetables contaminated with the parasite. The woman received antiparasitic medication, and nine months later, she had no lingering symptoms. Super creepy. An odd lump on a woman's face turned out to be a worm, and I've seen this before, and it is super gross, but a lump that seemed to mysteriously move around on a woman's face was in fact a worm crawling under her skin. This woman who lived in Russia took a series of selfies to document the moving lump, which first appeared under her left eye, then moved above her eye, and then migrated to her upper lip. The woman had an infection with a type of parasitic worm, according to a report of the woman's case. These thread-like worms naturally infect dogs, cats, foxes, and other wild mammals and typically live in the tissue under the skin. The worms are spread by mosquito bites and human cases have been reported in parts of Europe and Asia, also Russia, as well as Africa. As horrifying as the infection sounds, the treatment is relatively simple. They surgically remove the worm to cure the infection. The Russian woman had the worm removed and made a full recovery. Yeesh. Boy survives after a meat skewer pierced his head. A 10-year-old boy was very lucky to survive after a meat skewer pierced his face and got stuck in his head. The boy, Xavier Cunningham of Missouri, was playing in a treehouse when wasps attacked him, causing him to fall off the treehouse ladder and onto a rotisserie skewer that he and his friends had placed on the ground. Scans of the boy's head showed the skewer had pierced his face and passed just underneath the skull, going all the way through to the back of his neck. The skewer just missed critical structures, including his brain, brainstem, and major nerves. Doctors said the skewer's trajectory was one in a million, but with careful surgery, doctors were able to remove the skewer, and this little boy made a quick recovery. Yeesh, that is truly scary. Thunderclap headaches tied to eating the world's hottest pepper. No kidding, right? Biting into the world's hottest pepper sounds painful enough, but for one man who entered a chili pepper eating contest, the daring feat was followed by excruciating headaches known as thunderclap headaches. The 34-year-old man ate a Carolina Reaper, which is considered the hottest chili pepper in the world. I would not recommend it, but after eating the pepper, the man developed an intense pain in his neck and in the back of his head, and over the next few days, he went through several episodes of brief but excruciating headaches or thunderclap headaches headaches, which strike suddenly and peak within 60 seconds. Doctors determined that the man's headaches were caused by a condition known as reversible cerebral vasoconstriction syndrome. That's a mouthful. RCVS, as it is known, where a person's brain temporarily narrows the arteries. This is the first time that doctors have reported a link between eating chili peppers and RCVS. The report said the man's symptoms improved without any specific treatment. 
Holy moly, that's some stuff right there. We're going to go ahead and wrap the podcast up there for the day. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also shoot us an email if you have questions, comments, or suggestions. We're at lightningrodinfo at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what your thoughts are. And stay tuned to next week's podcast when we come up with more crazy, bizarre, and wild stories. Thanks, folks. Bye.